Eric. Adam Short. What's up? Welcome to another uh, episode of Staying in Trouble. I got my words mixed up there. Yeah, I'm excited. This is a great episode. One of our local leaders, not only just politically, but also socially. Absolutely. We had a great conversation with Carrie Buck. It was was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like we really got to know a a little bit more like so so many times like you drive by and you see someone's face you, you get to know their name or you see their sign on the and side you have of the no room. idea yeah, who exactly. they are and i felt like we really delve into who she is and what are some of the passions that you know pushes her to be a public servant because you know if you're serving in politics i give everyone the utmost respect because you're going to sacrifice a lot of time in the hopes of hopefully furthering some of your causes. Well, one of the subjects I really enjoyed that we talked about, and we'll get into it, it was uh, how local, how important local politics are and how the big politics take the main stage. When you turn on the TV, you're always seeing what's happening in Washington, D.C. But Eric, you talked about it, and, and with Kerry, you guys talked about how important it was to pay attention to local politics. That was crazy, right? 90% of what actually affects us comes out of the state legislature. That's like no one that that's first time I've ever heard that. Absolutely. So, so with this episode, you're going to learn a little bit more about Carrie Buck. You'll learn about where she's from, uh, some of her first jobs, what she's done with the school district and with Pinecrest and, uh, her qualifications to become a great state Senator or in for district five. And, uh, we really hope you enjoy this episode. Eric and I had a great time. That was phenomenal. Yeah. So thank you. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Sometimes you're flush and sometimes you're bust. And when you're up, it's never as good as it seems. And when you're down, you never think you're going to be up again, but life goes on. Remember that money isn't real. George it doesn't matter. It only seems like it does. It is so awesome to have you in the studio. Carrie Buck, running for U.S. Senate District 5, our big District 5. It is. I'm, I'm excited. So um, both of our families have known Carrie for probably over a decade or right around a decade. And I'm excited to have, like, I was thinking about your resume today, Carrie, and I was thinking about just the fact that you probably have been kind of in some way or another through education or whatnot, uh, a public servant. And that's what I want to talk about. Like, well, I've known your kids since they were. So, so I was thinking about that. Oh, we're supposed to not talk about that? Like Why? only the good kids, only <laughs> the good like, ones. No, I my mean, kids were. There's a lot of kids. And, I know. <laughs> and. Like you need a bus to transport them. <laughs> so I remember you at CT Sewell. Yes. Were you the principal at CT yes. Sewell? Yes, I was the principal at Sewell. I, I think. In 2006. So you'll have to oh, do the man, math that's... on all of your kids, but. Yeah, I had your... Because Emily, you remember yeah. Emily, she's 19 now. Yeah. And she, so yeah, that would be I right. I had her, I think in kindergarten. Yeah, because <laughs> I want to remember, were you like vice principal at first and then became principal or were you already principal? I, I just I, moved I in as principal 2006. Okay. Yeah. 2006. Mm-hmm. I think I remember that. And then Shelly, my wife, was PTA president at that time and you guys worked close together on all kinds of, from fall carnivals to... Oh, all of that stuff. Your there. wife was PTA Woman of the Year. She and, and, and then she went over mom. and then she yeah, went over she to Pinecrest yes. and <laughs> and we took a couple kids there. We left Emily there. We did this whole thing, but then they're all over at Pinecrest, and then you right. you were there and 
And she was doing the same thing over there. Yep. In 2014, then I went to Pinecrest. Okay. So, yeah. So did you stay at CT Sewell the whole time? Yeah. From 06 to... To 2014. Mm -hmm. Man, yes. that's wonderful. So where are you originally from? So I'm originally from Sioux City, Hinton, Iowa. Mm -hmm. About five miles north, a little farm town, Hinton, Iowa. Oh, yeah. Had one stoplight. Really? A couple bars and a school, K-12. I went to school with the same kids uh, in kindergarten that I graduated with, 48 of them does in it high school. Does it amaze you how many transplants from Iowa live here in, here, here in the Valley? Yes, it really does. So <laughs> Ray, our, la our last guest, Ray, is also from Iowa. Yeah, yeah, he was. So I'm so. glad you remembered that because I didn't I, I <laughs> okay. forgot about that. No, yeah, he was from Iowa. I'm just saying, like, maybe we have to branch out. We won't be just, like, Vegas-centric. <laughs> it would be Vegas and rural Iowa-centric. So, oh. What did your parents do? Hard-working people. So, um, in Iowa. Yeah. My father was an accountant, and uh, he also owned a small farm. And mm -hmm. so, on the weekends and evenings, he would farm uh, soybeans and corn. Ooh. And my mom worked for the local telephone company. Oh, okay. And we were taught from a very young age uh, the value of a dollar. And it was by walking beans, basically, go weed 180 acres of land. Mm -hmm. Good luck. And really? Yes. It's called walking the beans. Walking the beans. You I've never heard that, that phrase. Yeah, it's like yeah. weeding a big bean field of sunflowers and it's humid and the mosquitoes and the bugs are all mm -hmm. bothering you. Is it by hand or with like yeah. a hoe? Wow. No. With your hard-working hands, oh, man. $4 an hour. And the that, value of child labor, <laughs> I think it's gone up. <laughs> that earned <laughs> my school clothes. And then we'd also sell sweet corn door-to-door, -door, dollar a dozen. And okay. so we'd go into Leeds, which is a little suburb of Sioux City, and sell sweet corn for a wow. dollar a dozen. Oh, I like it. And so we sales So experience. you learn the importance of a dollar yeah. and, yes. and value and stuff. So what got you in education? Usually I find that most people who... Or is in education like you are, you, sometimes their parents were in education or they're following their mom's or dad's footsteps. What got you into it? Well, ever since I can remember, I've wanted to be a teacher. Um, I used to uh, play school all the time in the basement with my sister mm -hmm. and teach her everything that I had learned. She's four years younger than me. And so I'd come home and make her go through school again. And <laughs> poor girl. <laughs> I know. Oh, the, my, We'd set my, up a whole classroom and nice. Well, that's, that's what awesome. My daughter's the same way. So we give her gift cards to um, what's the learning is fun uh, or Lakeshore. Lakeshore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lakeshore is not, uh, it's not the bargain basement of, uh, of school <laughs> supplies. <laughs> so well, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I've always wanted to be a teacher and, and that was what I knew I wanted to major in in college. And so how did you end up here in the Valley? How did, how, you know, a hardworking girl like that. I like it. How you, didn't you go to Montana state for? Yes. I went to Bozeman to college because my aunt, uh, offered me free room and board. She lived up there. She worked for Delta airlines. Now it's her 49th year working for Delta Holy cow. and she'd commute to uh, Salt Lake or Minneapolis, but she offered me free room and board to this beautiful place called Bozeman, Montana. And it was gorgeous. Uh, you know, I took skiing class and 
I like a it. lot of other uh, classes that, yeah, that yeah. of course got me my degree, but it was that's so only much fun. in Bozeman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sheep herding, I think, is one of. I them. think, I, I think they do a lot rafting. of rodeos up there too. Oh right? yeah, yeah, rodeos, whitewater rafting. I mean, I knew a cowboy so that used fun. to call it Bozo. Oh, Bozo, Montana. <laughs> I'm serious. He used to always say that. Old pipe fighter. It's about an hour and a half north of Yellowstone. So it was a great area to go to school. Oh, yeah. I bet and it's beautiful. They weren't really hiring teachers. It was a college town. There mm. were maybe 1,500 applicants for one job. And I heard of this place called Las Vegas that was hiring teachers. 1,500 a year. Yeah. And I knew I could So what get a year job. was this? Yeah. It was 1996. Oh, yeah. The valley was blowing up. Yeah. yeah growth was out of control they were standing up schools as fast as they could yeah so 1995 I graduated and then I put in my application and I remember just waiting by the phone uh, because I couldn't wait to get my own classroom of students and um, sure enough I received a call from a principal at Woolley Elementary School and I came down I taught 36 fifth graders Uh, half of them spoke English and I didn't know a lot of Spanish coming from Iowa wow. and Montana. Yeah. Yeah. But um, it was a great experience. Um, I still keep in touch with a lot of them who are adults now. Wow. Um, but they're just wonderful human beings. And so. And see, to me, that, that, like when we say, like, you're a public servant, like, I think this is what you're running for state senate is just an extension of what you started those many years ago because now like you said those students are now your are now adults and looking at like what you can affect like i'm i'm actually emotional over you know because you are probably more atypical of the teacher that's here in southern nevada who says hey i can come to vegas i know i'm going to get a job there the living's easy right it's not that hard you know, it's 102 today in the middle of September. It's going to be 96 <laughs> degrees from here until Christmas. Right. And so, you know, and then it's like now just to think, so we're going to, you know, we could talk about your resume, but really let's talk about the lives that you've affected since you've got here, since like day one, you've been improving the community around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, like one of your mission statements with the Pinecrest Foundation is we want to be a community school, not just a building with teachers in it. Yes. Yeah. You, you can really feel the heart um, in the schools that I've been in. Uh, at CT Sewell, it was really uniting the community to believe in themselves and then making sure that teachers had everything they possibly could get by involving the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times you just reach out to different partners or donors and tell them your need. And it it was just, it would happen. Um, one story in particular that stands out to me is Jerry Schroeder was going on a tour. She was at city council or on yeah. the city council for a while. And I said, we really want a white picket fr- fence around this, uh, this new garden that we built. And so we were just trying to love up the campus with murals and what, a garden and a tortoise habitat and different things to make, you know, it look like it was this wonderful place to be. Right. And she's like, I think I know somebody. And so then a pastor from a local church came in. One of the uh, members were part, had a fence company and they built a fence over the weekend. And so those sorts of things, it's just kind of looking at the need, being able to articulate the need and then make it happen for kids. We moved an entire office building 
that John Houlihan from Houlihan's Excavating donated to us. We wrote a grant to have it moved there. And um, we had the Air Force come they, and construction companies to fix it all up. And it was a parenting cottage. And basically a resource mm-hmm. for parents to come. And we had our PTA meetings in yeah. there. And where we were able that, to pay yeah. food backpacks mm-hmm. and, and have different job skill um, courses, language courses, adult ESL classes in there. And it's it's that sort of thing. It was sort of pushing on the system because the district was saying, no, you can't have a building there. But we just made it happen. Well, and I've, I've been able to volunteer at CT Sewell for field trips and for Rotary and where they just give donations to help literally for the community. Mm-hmm. And going on that field trip, like I grew up here in town. Adam grew up here in town. I felt like we went on field trips all the time. And so one of the field trips is for the kids to go out and see Hoover Dam, tour Hoover Dam, and that's all donated by a donor. And, you know, and then they go to a lunch and have a lunch afterwards. And I said, yeah, this is great. I'm like, the schools aren't doing this. He's like, no, see, like this is not in the school budget anymore. And I'm like, that's crazy because as kids, you, Adam and I would always have field trips to different places. And like state museums, state this, state that, and and so thinking about for a lot of those kids, it they're seeing things. I'm like, you guys didn't even know this existed here. They're like, it's it was always opening. The other thing is, did you start the opening exercises where the parents come on to the? Yes. And so, uh, you know, I have nephews that went to CT Sewell, and um, that that was my school. Yeah, it was his school. <laughs> it was my wife's school. My my I was, sister-in-law's I, I, was, I was sitting in that classroom when Pepcon blew up. All oh the ceiling goodness. tiles came yeah. down on us. Yeah, that's <laughs> I was in there. And so, uh, yeah, the experience. So, like, if you go to CT Sewell and you experience it as, um, like, I was just, it was just crazy. I'm like, no, they're like, come in. They'll welcome you. Hey, we're glad to have you. And you've kind of carried that over to Pinecrest, too. It's like, hey, this isn't just a school where the kids come. You drop them off. There's no numbers here. It's not like, hey, we're school number, you know, 5437. No, this is this school. This is what we have to offer. We're glad you came in today. I mean, it's just, it's like it's like a home. It's like a cottage. Mm-hmm. Well, it's creating a community. And yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not a teacher, but like... Um, wouldn't that make teaching easier when you have that sense of community already at the school? So when you think as a building principal, when you run a school where it's customer service based, I mean, that, that really becomes the difference. And you can tell within yeah. 10 seconds of being in an office of how uh, people treat you yeah. as a visitor or a parent. Now, funny story about that field trip. Um, the Kasner board, yes. Kasner Foundation board, I'm on that board. And um, actually, I came to know the Kasners when they were really helping fund that field trip to get kids. Now, think about it. They're about 20, 30 minutes from the, from you know those sites that they go see. Yeah. But they don't get out of their neighborhood. And so what a yeah. tremendous opportunity for them to go and see the Hoover Dam that's right in their backyard. But you know, they just don't get out of their neighborhood. They see the strip from afar and that's really it. And so what a great opportunity. And that's really why I joined their board of directors was their whole vision about helping 
Henderson, the Henderson community yeah. in education, healthcare, and and um, just being a part of the community and giving back. And they're a tremendous organization. CT Sewell was kind of a unique geographical type of school at the time because you had very kind of low income areas. And then right up the road, you had quite affluent areas where maybe some of those kids had private schools, but some of them would come in from Lake Las Vegas and some yeah. of the very really nice neighborhoods. Tuscany. Then yeah. you had a lot of middle class type homes also, working class individuals. So you had a demographic of all different types of classes. And for you to be able to kind of balance all of that for kids who have very, very little to kids who have a little bit and then kids who have a lot. And I, I think that's pretty important for the whole community. I think Henderson as a whole, your district five is mixed the same way. Yes. You have a lot of different, dim, excuse me, different demographics like that, mm -hmm. you know? And, and so the, the challenges that you had at CT Sewell to balance all of that, I think can go into your state Senate. Am I correct? Yes. We made sure that every, every child didn't, no child went without. And so we made sure that they were fed and that they had the resources that they need. You know, we'd, we'd create partnerships with Walmart and um, just whatever the need was, we would find someone to help fill it. And then it was about also a hand up, right? And so training uh, parents and, and, and students that um, to give back. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that, that is crucial too, to get them the job skills they need and, and to be able to give back and and be proud of their accomplishments. I think that's a great storyline because so you're a Republican, you're a conservative based, and a lot of times like these stories get swept under the rug, right? Because everyone wants to talk about these other subjects. You literally have cared for literally thousands, tens of thousands of not only kids, but their families. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, especially like we're talking about CT Sewell in elementary schools, it's it, you're, you get smaller you get smaller populations and so it's really hands on hands on right whereas you go to middle school and then you go into high school you know by high school the kids are we're growing them to be more independent but at the elementary level man you're working with the parents or grandparents or whatever family member or guardian that's dealing with that child's life you're like hands on or like hey we're right here with you and so I think that's an important story because I think that shows uh you know shows a little bit more of like who you are right you always taught in elementary school you're a principal for elementary and then you escalate it up but i think it's a good t and i think that's what adam was leading to it's a good typification mm -hmm. of the vision you see even for our for our district yes uh we you know i delivered many a christmas presents to families at 10 30 1100 center and um or if students weren't coming to school and were absent we'd go and get them and i remember knocking on doors and they'd be like it's dr buck <laughs> <laughs> i'm like get in the durango let's go and and That's they awesome. would get ready and yeah and they then they would start coming to school because they knew i would come and get them <laughs> and so um, it was a lot of that. And I, I would feel so blessed to have that. When I first walked in in 2006, it was going through major rehab. I mean, the, the test scores were yes. really low. They yeah. were one of the lowest schools in the state. We were about ready to um, fill out a technical assistance plan with the state. And so um, it, I, I was wondering, am I enough? 
You know, you walk yeah. on that property and you're like, oh, just, you know, guide it's, me. It's one of the older schools. It didn't look very, it wasn't modern at all. No. I mean, I, I think, I want to say my mom went to that school. Yeah, like, my supervisor walked around the campus. She's like, oh, you got to do something with this. This looks like a prison. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. It, it kind of did. It kind of did. The first thing we did, too, was we um, had the scouts paint the wall, the the bright, yeah. like, I don't know, those those bricks were like from the 50s, 60s. Probably earlier, maybe, yeah. <laughs> it's an old school. And we painted them blue, and then we just worked on getting murals anytime we could find yeah, a donor yeah, for a different nice. mural. I remember the kindergarten, the same classes were kindergarten when I was there, and the kindergarten <laughs> had its own wall around it. Remember the yes. gates in there right across from, like, I think the – teacher's lounge or something for, yeah. for our listeners i just want to comment it was, so you're you're uh, please watch the video log on this <laughs> adam's joy and happiness of oh. recounting his kindergarten experiences like i've seen the inner I, child come out like i haven't seen you smile that big but well, man you, to talk about well, you're kindergarten, making me smile yeah to talk about his kindergarten experiences like i i feel like we should get treats out right now <laughs> Like just carry through. It wasn't that great of experience because I remember being locked in there, oh. and that's where the the kindergarten playground was, and we can never leave. Oh my word! That mm. was that's that's the point I was trying to get at. Is like oh, so it was a prison. It was kind of like a prison, <laughs> you know. And, and kindergarten is like your your first experience with school most of the time, right? So, anyways, but you no, know, that that school was an old school. It needed a lot of not just. A lot work. of love. Yes, a lot of love. <laughs> so this, so I, I, I'm sure your your workload was pretty heavy at the time. Yes, and kids were moving classrooms because there, you know, construction happening. Rain. Anytime it rains, it leaks. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> interesting. It, it was an interesting first couple. <laughs> well, of when years. you try to, it's got that covered. It's got those covered hallways. Which, if you're an adult and you're like six foot, you're like, whoa! I don't remember him being this this yeah. short as a kid. And they always leak for yeah. whatever reason. Like, so we put street signs out. And, you know, it was all based on the constellations, and um, awesome. we just had just such a creative fun with making it. You know, so cool to go there. Yeah. My main goal was to have everyone who had a stake in CT Sewell that where they couldn't wait to get out of bed and couldn't wait to get to work and serve kids. And that's really what we tried to build. I wanted the favorite place to be because we just all loved being there. Yeah. I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Well, my kids had a wonderful time there. My nephews have had a wonderful time there. So uh, Jenny Bradley is my sister-in-law. I don't know if you know that, but she she's one of the CT schools. She was a valedictorian at basic. She, oh, yeah. So. Awesome. so the hard work that you did to change CT Sewell, uh, what is that going to come in as your state senate? I read on here that uh, uh, District 5 has been in, uh, had a Democrat state senator for since 2012. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while till a, a Republican has been able to, to win that seat. What would you do different? Well, first off, um, I ha I'm going to win it yes. uh, because it's an open seat. And so I ran in 2016, I ran against Joyce Woodhouse, mm -hmm. she's long-term incumbent. Yeah. And I came less than 1% away from beating her, 469 votes. And it was during a blue wave. I was the winningest Republican in the state, and I was 
new to this. I mean, that was your first poli- time. Yeah, a politician never yeah. came up. I thought, I'm just going to go up there and say, hey, no more unfunded mandates, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I live with them in my school building. Yeah. And so that's initially why I had wanted to run. Mm-hmm. And then um, I decided uh, to run in, uh, in 2016. So now what's great about it is it's an open seat. And um, the synergy around my campaign this time is so different. In fact, uh, I, you know, hundreds of volunteers that come out um, yeah. and are knocking on doors. We have Taco Tuesdays every Tuesday in a park in SD5 to get people to come out. Eat, of course, social. Well, distance. you got my vote there, so we could stop the show. Yeah, <laughs> Taco Tuesday. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. We're trying to be as creative as possible during the time of COVID. Uh, I have over soon to be 500 uh, yard signs. I just had a deli- We have to deliver another 20. I just have the whole list. Um, but 500 yard signs, 200 signs on the st- street corner, you know, street corners. And so people are starting to know Carrie Buck, how I want to be different when I'm elected, because, you know, some of this is outside of your control. You can work so hard and I, do, you know, I uh-huh. do as much as I possibly can to get right. elected is I want to, I want to be more of service. I want to be more like a household name, uh, in that, you know what, I can count on Carrie and, and cause I do. I care. Right. And so I, I do. I care about each person in SD5 and in Nevada. And right now, Nevada is hurting. I mean, there's many stories that ha- when I'm going door to door where mm-hmm. I'm just I hurt with people and I'm able to persuade voters because I hand them my cell phone number and I'm going to go fight for them up in Carson City. Yeah. And so that's that's where I'm. I'm different. I, I don't, I'm not in this to be a lifelong politician. Mm -hmm. I have a job and I'm going to take a financial cut to go up there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's not any, you know, it doesn't really benefit me aside from, I really want to serve at this level and feel this calling, uh, to be more of service at a greater level for the people of Nevada. So what did your, uh, you know, your, your husband is also a public servant. Yes. And so what, what did he think when he's like, Hey, we did this in 2016. Are we, let's do it again. Yeah, let's do it again. Well, if you know my husband, he's captain of a local, uh, police department. And right now the police are really taking a morale hit. Yeah. And it is for things that are outside of their control or area or, you know, what, what is happening outside of Nevada. And so again, my husband was the one who really pushed me, you know, to run okay. and is extremely supportive of me going to help. He calls it save Nevada. So 21 senators, one more vote, you know, that is of common sense. That's going to mm-hmm. listen yeah. and unite hopefully a community which is what I've been doing, and I have that skill set. I mean, I've had to bring together a community in several situations around this common vision, and I'm hoping that I can do that with my colleagues up in the state Senate. A lot of people feel like Nevada is just an extension of California. Whenever California does something, we sometimes we feel our governor or, or other politicians, we, they just, okay, we'll do that too. You know, and, and we're not standing alone. We don't feel like we're kind of our, our own thing. 
And for a while, we were, were feeling our own, especially being born and raised here. Sometimes people forget about it. I mean, there's the gambling in Vegas, but then the Knights are here and the, the Raiders are here and people started feeling excited. Then COVID kind of hit and then we just kind of, I feel like we just merge and blend in with them with every policy. What they do, we end up doing. And we, is that something that you're, you're looking in the fight to kind yes. of be our own state? California can do what they want to do, but we'll do what, what's good for Nevadans. Absolutely. We do need to stand on our own. We have our own people and they need to be heard from. If you know anything about the past special sessions, they were happening. Bills were being passed. Bills that affected every single one of us were being passed at two in the morning where no one had input. And that to me is just disheartening. We need to make sure that that people we are the body from the people mm -hmm. and we need to make sure that we're representing we're hearing from our constituents and not just passing these uh, laws blindly mirroring california yeah. and hoping for the best another thing too it's so sad to me because um our our governor i mean he is just i feel treating all of us like we are children and so i wish that uh, we were treated as we were adults, given the information, and then being able to have our civil liberties to, um, you know, open our businesses with, of course, precautions, because nobody sure. wants to get sick. But common sense, common sense treat me like an adult. It's happening in many states where, you know, they, they are open and yeah. able to do business and, um, you know, you're not putting your thumb on everything and being treated like you're not an adult in a free society. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think Adam and I are, are lockstep with you on that records. I, I have a question too. So right now it's actually a tough political environment. How does it feel? Like, I love the fact that we could have you in studio today, talk about local politics and like even what you said, there's directives and policies being passed at 2 a.m. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you maybe read them. May, if you search them out, you may read them like, hey, this comes down. Like my industry, we, we have a very active uh, lobby group. So they're one of the more powerful lobby groups. So we always get like, hey, this is what's, what we think is going to go down. And then the next day it kind of comes out pretty similar. But my my concern is and this is with local politics in general is you typically only 10 percent of people vote for local politics right because the national stage is so huge mm -hmm. so much money a lot of times people just click and they get kind of lost i think people get fatigued hearing about politics when the national is going on mm -hmm. how are you combating like how can how can you know what are your like what are your volunteers or and what are your kind of directives because you know, part about being local is like, I'm sure you're trying to help get people get the vote out. Hey, have a voice. And sometimes people are just like, well, I'm not going to vote because it doesn't make a difference in local politics and state government. Yeah. Like you said, in the it last does. one, you if lost people, by 1%. It makes a huge difference. So it's educating them, right? And, yeah. and if people understood that 90% of what you deal with on a daily basis is done at the state yeah that's huge <laughs> i mean i'd say it's yeah 90 percent 10 percent is more of a national but our state governor and legislature have a lot of power to make or break businesses 
and pass and education. Yes, pass. Um, one of the bills that they passed in special session, the first special session, was uh, read by three, which help target and intervene with every single struggling student, they basically took that away. Took that away. So the ones that they tout as being the students that they really want to fight for, the ones that are struggling in every demographic across the state. So if you take a cut score and all those that come in under it, those students are targeted. They took away that read by three funding. And that to me was heartbreaking because... We need students proficient before they go to middle school and kind of get lost in the shuffle. 50-minute periods is just not conducive to intervene and make sure that they're getting caught up. We need them caught up before they go to middle school Mm -hmm. because otherwise, you know, there is a prison to, you know, pipeline to prison, uh, you know. Funnel. Funnel, yeah. Yeah. There is. Uh, You know, most of our inmates read at a fourth grade level, and that's – you know, no surprise. So we need to make sure that our students are at level before they go to, to middle school and then go 50-minute periods. But they took away read by three. They took away funding SB 178 and basically um, just cowered to all, uh, to the union, the state union. And so it's unfortunate because there is, you know, the it's the, the dollar yeah. that is at play and so you can kind of follow the money is another thing that passed that really impacted i know the charter sector was over at two in the morning they passed this uh liability protection bill that basically picked and choose winners and losers and so the losers were private hospitals but not public hospitals so public hospitals were granted liability protection businesses casinos were granted liability protection public schools were not and so they they um and then they made it so far as to actually put it in there so uh but private schools were and so it was picking and choosing winners and losers in this whole liability protection and so overnight i know at pinecrest we had to pivot and go fully virtual yeah which you know, may have been the best idea for the, you know, first month or so, but now we're getting into it. I don't know when or if uh, our schools can go back because how do you take on that liability? Well, and I, th- I, I want them back. I want them back. I want them back so bad. I, like I want them back. <laughs> well, the, I, the teachers Dr. do too. Buck, I, what does Shelly say? <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking for her right now. It is, it is. Well, can we get some liability insurance how many, before? How many grade levels five. is she teaching? Yeah. yeah. We have five kids, five different laptops. Our kitchen looks like. We have whiteboards on the wall. A call we're center. All it looks of like this a call stuff. center. So, so on, on top of failing as a parent, we're failing as IT techs because we're trying to keep everything going. We've upped our internet. I don't know how many times. I don't know if Cox has another level. They do, but the great we're thing dying is, is like, there. so I, I've never gotten like uh, overage uh emails and now i get them all oh, the time I, all oh the time. You, you're you're 90 percent. you're 90 percent. we're <laughs> gonna is, charge you anyways we're, we're gonna you're at 75 percent. i'm like oh it's like the first week <laughs> you know like, and and don't get me wrong I, I want the kids to be safe they need to go back in a safe way i don't know how technically that is 
and uh, keeping masks on kids is, I mean, the real little ones, we've taken them out and trying to keep them on their face is a challenge. But at the same time, something has to be done. Like, well, I, I, like we have to find a balance. And I can't imagine uh, with with both parents working. There's a lot of homes that with with both parents working, I don't know how they're doing it. I really don't. They're, they're kind of not. Kids that's, have to be falling behind. They're kind of not. And that's why I wonder if this is going to be like a, almost an asterisk year because, we, you know, we talked earlier about the CT Sewell demographics. There's a lot of kids falling through the cracks. You know, even even if you have parents who are staying at home, like you said, Shelly, like how is Shelly, you know, help managing? Now the teachers are emailing them. I've had a lot of friends who are teachers, and they're frustrated. Yeah. You know, you don't feel like you can really well, well, Wait a minute, like an asterisk, like the year won't count? Like all the steroid baseball players? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> There's some new innovations happening, though, that are quite interesting. There's micro schools pop- popping up everywhere because yeah. of working families. And mm-hmm. so um, I was great. Wait, what do you for, mean micro school, schools? So what, what happens uh, in different areas? So I know in North Las Vegas, they have a whole micro school area. Um, it's Boulder City, North Las Vegas, different like groups. Different so, so, so people are just coming together and creating so their own yeah. school. Yeah. And, really? and that way parents can work. Yeah. And so oh, it's very innovative of the different cities and precincts and, and that to be able to do that. Wow. That's pretty neat. Um, so they bring them together, they hire a teacher and then, and then and go everyone from just there. chips in and they just here, yeah. teach my kids. I got to go to work. Yes. Find grant money. Sense. The cities are paying for it in some areas. Oh, wow. And it's just really caused some innovation. And then I, I just read an article that 10, 000, over 10,000 students didn't return to the Clark County School District. So I'm thinking that either A, mom and dad are just like, wait a minute, we're just going to homeschool yeah. Um, yeah. our children, or B, there's a micro school or private school. Because if you're going to start, like other cultures, put put in money for schooling first. <laughs> and here in America, we're like, that's not necessarily the, the top of the list. I mean, some of the private schools are nice, but I saw some of the bills that come with that. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, with my group of kids, dude, that would murder me. I don't, I don't know how I would be able to. <laughs> you wouldn't. I, I can't. You'd be working for Not at all. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to afford to pay attention. So. Well, and that's why I'm excited. I, you know you know, this is our podcast. I did ask Carrie to come on. I do support Carrie. And so she already knows how I'm voting. So if you are listening, one of the things I'm super excited about is, and this is what it is not like, there's always politicians and yes, people get into it for good reasons, but Carrie will, will carry her passion with her. And I feel like we do need, like, I'm always embarrassed. Like, right. I sell homes for a living. And so people are like, well, how are the schools? Well, well, that, can, that depends on how you want to take it, right? It depends on each school, where you are, what the demographics are, and a lot of those factors. Whereas, like, and I always tell them, I said, well, I grew up here, and it worked out great for me. And, and, and I'm like, so I'm a, I'm a product of a public education. And I think just like, so we were, we're big watch, Survivor watchers. Have you guys heard of Survivor? That just yeah, did the we form. heard of it. <laughs> And, and so like, that's my, that's my mantra right now. It's like, how does life apply to a survivor is like, you know what? Times change. Like in this 40th season, all the time, the, the OGs are like, the game is faster. The game is twisted. The game does this, the game does that. And that's kind of how life is, right? Life is faster. Like we have our kids on 
who would have thought like we're battling with oh you can only be on the screens for like two hours a day an hour a day and here we are like no jimmy sit down park yourself we're here for eight hours and then what are you going to do afterwards well i'm going to play Fortnite. so all right go ahead tack another two on so just get in 10 to 12 today just grind it out on the computer Mm -hmm. that's hard oh yeah and unhealthy so there's a lot of studies like we had our certified therapist come in and 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 josh silito has talked about some of the things he's that he gets as a family therapist a lot of families are struggling with you know there's consequences to having children look at computer screens all the time and these this is evolving to hey some they may look harmless when the kids are sitting there, but if they aren't, and I think even school, like that school curriculum may have to evolve. And then, you know, one of the things too, which is exciting is see when people are like, Oh, Pinecrest couldn't go, couldn't go for a couple of days. They had to go virtual. Everyone thinks it's just because it's a directive, just because of the health concerns. And then you kind of pull back the curtain Oh, that's right. We're really talking about money. That's right. And that's what I think like that's what is is really unnerving is people don't understand cuz like I'm like, well, if school's virtual, then the schools themselves the overhead like as a business owner, I have overhead. And if I don't have people coming into my building as much, I should be able to lower my overhead. So there should be this pot of gold from kids being online. And guess what I've heard? Crickets. Yeah. Like crickets. Well, so it that comes back that, to like the job means, market. Yeah. You know, like for a school to be healthy, that community's job market should be good. People should be working, money coming in and out and a balance. And I think here in Nevada, we're, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, but it's not looking too good in the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a lot of the jobs, I'm in the construction industry, a lot of the jobs that are happening here in the Valley, we're riding a construction wave right now, where most of the jobs that are happening at the moment, the big buildings that are being built, Henderson hospitals expanding, mm-hmm. places like that, were all pre-COVID funded. Mm-hmm. But when all that ends, what's coming in the future with casinos, some casinos announcing, we're not opening these properties at all. They're done. I, it's just scary. And, and, and the future here in Nevada, I mean, you, I don't know if you're running at the right time <laughs> or you got your work cut out or maybe well, I you, think maybe when you get to that Senate seat, it's like walking in the CT well, Sewell all over thinking. again. CT Sewell all again. You touched on a couple of great things. So there are pockets of excellence in our schools, in Clark County School District and in charter schools. And the key is, is to try and create a system like that. And so emulate the best of the best. Make sure that we know where where those are and that educators are seeing those pockets of excellence and then being able to emulate them because we do want to grow we don't want to be 50th in the nation or 45th um, in the nation we want to grow and be the best and every child deserves a high quality education yeah i think the problem comes down to where um you know that there's always this internal battle that, you know, it's charter versus district, and it really shouldn't be. There's plenty of children to go around, and we need to all work to make and deliver the best customer service, the best outcomes for students, and be about the student no matter what, and that is key. Um, It also brings in new businesses, right? When you're able to sell houses in areas and 
We're able to move businesses in here because they feel confident with the schooling that they're going to be able to hire employees and have, you know, this an employee base to, to a competent workforce. <laughs> yes. And hey, and and plus, you know, if they're opening a business here, they want to know that their family is going to have fun. Their family is going to have a good education, and so that's we do have to kind of do some education. Henderson as a bright spot, like their elementary schools, are some of the top elementary mm-hmm. schools in the nation. I don't know where it happens after elementary school, but for whatever reason, it like drops off. And and so, I, I mean, that's even something to think about. Here we have elementary schools who are way more involved in community, and they do really well, especially in Henderson, which is community-based. And then after that, it goes downhill. Like the kids get older, they get pulled in different directions. And so um, just kind of interesting how that uh, dynamic. And so that's, we need people like you to represent us and to give us hope. Like, you know, what Adam said, you know, you're kind of walking into a situation where we're kind of 50th, 45th, you know, we're CT Soulish. And now hopefully by the end of your term, we're a little bit closer to you know, Connecticut. T- yeah, Connecticut. <laughs> oh, is Connecticut the hot one? I think so. I, I was, I was going to say Maryland, but Maryland, I... Maryland, Connecticut. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. So, but uh, no, I, we're just so excited that you could take time out. So for people who may be on the fence, where can they find out more information about yeah. you? Absolutely. You can find out more about me at VoteCarryBuck, C-A-R-R-I-E-B-U-C-K.com, VoteCarryBuck. Or you can call me at 702-592-9740. I love talking to constituents. In fact, I just um, talked to a guy today who was Dr. Martin Luther King's pilot. Wow. Oh, really? He reached out to me and, oh my goodness. So I'm going to meet him on Monday just for a little bit um, at his door and um, see how he's doing. But I love it when constituents call me, tell me their issues, and then, you know, if I can help, definitely I can try and find somebody to help mm-hmm. uh, or um, just to hear from them. So votecarrybuck.com or 702-592-9740. And we'll definitely put that in the show notes. Yeah. So yeah. go down and hit the link, and you'll be able to find some more information. And uh, do you have a... Uh, um, a, a web page or a, a Facebook page or Instagram page for your, um, yes. what's the word I'm thinking? It's vote for Carrie Buck. Yeah. At, yes, Steve. At Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'll put that there's all a couple there. of them, but, uh, it's Carrie Buck for state Senate district five. And so hoping to take the state Senate seat. Awesome. Back. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing with us and sharing your story. And, uh, yeah, that, if you put the work in that we both have seen in the schools, I think we'll be in good shape. Yes. I think the Thanks, future will Carrie. look bright. Yeah, definitely. I'll be a voice for sure. Thank you, Carrie, very Thank much. Thank you.